Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Is That a Foul? A sports podcast for people who don't know anything about sports. That means me. And I'm joined by someone who knows about sports. That means ye, Cody Dale Edgar. Hello! Hey, Cody. How's Ed- it going? I'm doing pretty well, Connor. You know, my uh, brother and sister-in-law just had a baby. So shout out to that little future sports so little <laughs> sports nut in the works. Are you, are you going to take uh, an active effort to make sure that that child knows about sports? Well, maybe not. Yeah, maybe knows about. I mean, it's up to them. If they don't give a crap about it, I'm not going to force it on them. But I also love the idea of like watching my, you know, nephews and stuff. Like uh, Hudson, my oldest nephew, or not my oldest, but of that, th- you know, of their kids, they're uh, the oldest. He's big into baseball and he can whack that thing. He just got into coach pitch <laughs> recently, which is harder because before it's just on a tee, and now you got somebody throwing it at you, <laughs> and he can whack that thing, and he knows how to like whack it and run, and <laughs> he's he's doing a good job at it. He's like the best on the team. That's great. Yeah. My nephew doesn't know anything about politics. I'm always disappointed in him. (laughs) Very comparable. And I'm not going to name them because I have two and I want to leave it up to doubt for them. That's crazy. Well, speaking of, you know, you know, to get into politics, you might need to like, you know, if you're in political science, you might do some homework. Speaking of homework, Connor, you got a question for you that I ask at the start of every podcast. Uh Connor, did you do your homework? Uh, Kinda. (laughs) (laughs) Episode two. Going well. All right, look, I uh, I watched the documentary. The topic today was Eli Manning's 2004 NFL, NFL draft. draft. It wasn't his draft, but he was he drafted. He was drafting the players. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for all The teams. documentary I watched was very explicit about that. Yeah. Uh, what did you learn about that? Um, What's the, give me the basic synopsis of why you think it, I made it, you look at it. What was interesting about it? The, so while watching it, Maybe it was a little preemptive for me to watch something like that so early on in the podcast because it's like, uh, I don't quite understand what's going on. Ben Roethlisberger's a rapist piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, why should I care that he's not getting picked can by we, Can we make this? Uh, for Is that a foul, our podcast? We want to go on the record saying, we think Ben Roethlisberger's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, will, I will corroborate that uh, statement I, with you. I, 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 One of the best quarterbacks of the 21st century. Piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because w- while watching it, I was like, huh, isn't he a bad guy? I remember not liking him a lot in the Super Bowl. He also I- comes off as a douche in that documentary, like as he's talking to like Eli and stuff and making fun of him on the bus and stuff. Did you see that part? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, it seems like, like Eli's literally just trying to like chill out and be by himself because he's obviously an introvert, like yeah. a guy who's a little off. It- and like, <laughs> like, like fucking like Philip Rivers and uh, Ben Roethlisberger are like, oh, there's number one pick. Oh, <laughs> he doesn't want to go to San Diego, does he? And Eli's like, mm-hmm. he's like, he won't even smile. Come on, give us a smile. It's like, I did off. laugh pretty hard when they were like, there's that smile. <laughs> <laughs> it was the NFL Films documentary about the 2004 draft. And what was interesting about that draft well Eli okay I'm gonna try my hardest here yeah Eli Manning was all set to get drafted by San Diego Chargers with the number one pick yes and he claims that he did not want to go yes and so some backdoors maneuvering was done that I don't quite understand yeah where he in the middle of the draft was then traded to the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Now, well, the Giants selected Philip Rivers, but they did that to get to get Eli because yeah. they talked. The guy who was the manager of the Giants talked to, or the general manager of the Giants talked to the general manager of the Chargers, and was like, "I want 
Eli. Eli doesn't want to be with you. I can give you the guy that you would want there, Philip. But if I draft him, like there was nothing at any moment. The Chargers, it was, nothing was in writing. The Chargers could have been like, nope, we still want Eli, yeah. whatever. In fact, uh, it was the, like a good faith trade. The I believe the coach of the Giants in that documentary made it very clear that like. If I said, hey, the Chargers guy didn't stick to his word, uh, nobody would care. Yeah, in fact, I'd manager. get in trouble for conspiring yes. for, to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why would you admit it on camera, you ding dong? <laughs> it's 10 years and later. It, uh, whoever uh, Roethlisberger's agent was or whatever, <laughs> I just loved how every time nobody drafted Roethlisberger, he'd just go, crap. Yeah. Dang it. That was my He's like, little idiots. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he's like, now they're thinking that the Ravens might pick you. Oh. Dang it. <laughs> when they didn't pick him. Okay, okay. maybe this next team. <laughs> Crap. Because, yeah, Roethlisberger had a pretty significant slide. Nothing like the Aaron Rodgers slide, which we can talk about some other time, where he was supposed to go in the top, you know, few picks, and he went 27th to the Packers. Because he was still in the first round, right? Yeah, but the thing about it is the higher you get drafted – well, I need to make sure I'm right about this about the NFL. I know it's for the NBA, but the higher you get drafted, the more money you can make. Okay. Um, just um, based on your rookie contract. Okay. Uh, and also just the notoriety of being like a top five pick rather than like, you know, the 31st pick is just a bigger thing, you know, to market to people and to teams and stuff. That's okay. That's a good point. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, then now, again, like Tom Brady, you know what round he was drafted in? Uh, bad round? Sixth of hmm. seven. Wow. He was, a, he was <laughs> like a skinny little idiot uh, on their from face. Michigan. And then uh, that's a crazy story. Because, you know, uh, Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback uh, in front of um, Tom Brady. He gets injured one game. Brady comes in, leads him to the Super Bowl. Uh, and they, Bledsoe never plays another game after he got injured because this kid behind him was the greatest quarterback of all time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was just like some <laughs> random kid. That's, I, 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 it, if there were just different ingredients to that recipe, I'd be like, what a great story. I love that guy. But... I know enough about Tom Brady to know that like he's a cheater, <laughs> and he's, yeah, he's, he's a sanctioned a, cheater. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. He definitely cheated multiple times. Some of them were, were his team. Yeah, and I, worst of all, he likes Trump. Yeah, he does like Trump, huh? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Anyway, don't do yeah, that. that's right. That's another thing we say on this uh, on this <laughs> podcast. We don't like Trump. Connor, we're alienating half the audience. <laughs> Fuck him. All right. Well, now, what are we talking about today, Connor? Well, hang on. We got to get back to this 2004 oh, sure. Because there was one other thing that I definitely took away from that documentary. Eli Manning did not make that decision. Archie Manning did. Archie that Manning is, is under the father contention, but of I definitely the... agree. I feel like if his dad would have turned to him, you know, his dad, I mean, obviously his dad has churned out already a Hall of Fame quarterback before him and thinks he knows what's best for his kid. Now, did he? Yeah. Because his kid ended up winning two Super Bowls yeah. and, and beating Tom Brady twice. Both of his kids have won two Super Bowls. Yeah. Well, and then there's well, the hey, other Manning, yeah. the oldest Manning son, who uh, at 18 was diagnosed with a spinal injury mm-hmm. and couldn't play. Yep. And you know, that's the Tiffany Trump of the Manning family. Yeah. That's right, Trump. We're coming after you again. <laughs> we got you, baby. But no, even in that documentary, when they're like, Eli, why did you make this decision? He goes, well, I, I thought it was the best decision, and uh, I made the decision. Me. No one else made it. I made the decision, yeah. which is just like me thinks Manning protests too much. Yeah. Like your dad called the shots. Well, when you're a kid like that, for it the probably market. all made sense to him. Yeah, would you rather play in San Diego on a fledgling team that's never been anything, or the New York Super Giants? You you pick you pick New York. 
man, if that's what you want. But also, it was a crazy thing. And the reason I showed you is it showed how much the players can have some sway sometimes. Because, you know, that trade would have never happened if that Manning family wasn't so crazy. And the best part of that entire thing, for me, of that story, is watching when Eli's on that stage and, like, he's, like, holding the, you know, the hat and, he, it's like, almost like hot fire in his hands. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can tell he doesn't even, like, want to be anywhere near that. The uh, and then the hat. booing of the San Diego Oh, people. yeah, because they knew. Because, uh. you know, and they hate him to this day for that. Now, they got Phillip Rivers, who is, you know, their best quarterback, you know, maybe of all time. He hasn't really done anything with them necessarily postseason-wise. But, like, to this day, they're, like, a reputable team. And they had down years and up years. But, like, he's been good for them. You know what I mean? And he stayed there the whole time. They're in Los Angeles now. Uh, they're Los Angeles Chargers. And he's been, you know, he's been good there, too. Good. Good for them. Yeah. They, they're kind of the little brother of the Rams right now, though, who are having a really great kind of outing. But Todd Gurley's injured now, you know, and, um, you know, they just uh, – wait, what's that confused look on your face? I don't know who any <laughs> of these fucking people are. Can you imagine a really good football player being named Todd Gurley? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> How crazy is that? Connor, that was a good homework. You did your job. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about something that's in the news right now. This is going to come out around the start of free agency in the NBA, and that's kind of what the most news on ESPN and stuff about is right now, besides the U.S. women's team, which good for them. Hell going, yeah. Going, going crazy. Um, but um, – a couple of things came out recently. Connor, you uh, noted to me before the podcast, a big update, and I'm proud of you for keeping up, that Kevin Durant uh, uh, has turned down his player option. Mm -hmm. So he could have returned for $31 million to uh, the Warriors and instead will be either re-signing a major deal with the Warriors or a major deal somewhere else. What I thought I looking Also, for in the podcast previous to this, I kept calling it an ACL injury when it was an Achilles tear. I'm so sorry. Clay had the ACL thing. He had an Achilles. I got him switched up. I want to make it very clear at this moment in the podcast. This I am so scared of people commenting on this podcast saying I don't know anything about sports. I, do, I am not a sports ex expert. I'm just the guy who knows the most about sports that you know. And so here I am. And then also does podcasting. So here we are. I'm happy to do it, but I don't want to be like trumped up as this like, oh, Trump. Uh, as this, um, no, no, no. No, no. As this incredible sports mind when, you know, I know my stuff and I have my personal experience with sports and I try to keep up with it if I can, but I don't know everything, baby. Well, that's, I mean, that's the same reason somebody in this town has asked me to do a political podcast or a political talk show before. I'm like, dude, I, I, I know a lot, but within 30 minutes, I'm going to look like a fucking idiot yeah. to a real ex. So I don't mind doing this, but I just want everybody to know, I want to make some mistakes, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I love hey, you. and if you, if you have come at Cody for his uh, oh, come egregious at mistake, um, be nice. Be yeah, nice come at me respectfully or not respectfully. Either way, I'll yeah. cry. Don't make fun of his lisp or how he's balding. Don't make fun of any of that stuff. Or Connor's lazy eye. Just leave us, <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, leave us two alone. Yeah, come on. <laughs> um, so he could, you know, it isn't really – Say much because whatever you know, Kevin Durant wants. It's uh, I think it's just a security, and he doesn't want. Because my thing is, he could stay in Golden State for this entire year, not play a minute, rehab, and then he's doing the exact same free agency thing all over again. One of the things I saw is that he's not looking to take a year off. He's looking to sign like. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. 
Cody, hey, if you come at me for not knowing stuff, audience out there, if you come at me, I don't give a shit. That's the conceit of the podcast, you fuck. Like, I've sent a couple of the episodes to, like, real sports nuts I know just to see, like, if they like it. And they have come at me for, sorry, I called him Bugs Mosby instead of Muggsy Bogues, you fucking (laughs) asshole. It was Space Jam. Did they come at me at all? No. Hell yeah. (laughs) My brother's like, I love Cody. Yeah, what up, boy? (laughs) And everyone... who was it? Like Russell. We, we talked about somebody. Westbrook? Yeah. Point guard of the Oklahoma City Thunder? Yeah. Uh, Number zero? My brother's like, you don't know who Russell Westbrook is? You fucking idiot. Like, without Googling it, who is Jeff Merkley? And he's like, I don't know. What, what, are, you, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah, th- get off my back. <laughs> I don't care. That's why I'm trying to get to know Yes. You are in a learning process, and I'm here to give you everything I need. Because if you get up to my level, you will not know everything about sports, but you can hold a conversation at Little Woodrow's or be a talking head on ESPN, which is our two things we want to accomplish. That, those are my Connor. goals here. Yeah. Connor, the other big thing that happened in the world of sports, uh, the NBA um, commissioner, Adam Silver, best commission in the game, he is looking to – Make some changes in the NBA, which includes shortening the season uh, to 72 instead of 82 games, which is great because it's less wear and tear on the players, more exciting playoffs with less injured players. And he wants to add uh, a couple of tournaments in the season. He wants to do a mid-season tournament, similar to how uh, the Premier League does and other kind of European uh, soccer leagues do or football uh, (laughs) leagues do where they kind of have a thing that's completely independent of the season. That's just all the teams kind of competing for this mid-season championship. Um, And the one that's most exciting to me is he wants for those last uh, spots in each conference – uh, so eight teams make the playoffs in each conference. He wants a play-in uh, game for each of those uh, spots, which would mean the t- two teams that are not in the top seven, the eighth team and the ninth team, play each other in one game to see who gets that eighth spot, which I think would be sick. Um, it's similar to a wild card game, which they do, they do in the MLB, where like two of the teams are yeah. kind of on that bubble. Uh, they play to see who plays like the way better team, but at least they get that kind of you know like postseason like kind of push. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, it'd be fun. I'm all for more basketball and also less basketball. <laughs> <laughs> the main thing in the NBA is that the regular season numbers are down because. The regular season doesn't really matter, in, in except for seeding and you know in the draft or in that. Like people like like Kawhi Leonard this year has done something called load management, where he's taken off games, and, and the official word is load management. What that means is he wants to be able to play in the playoffs, so he's not going to play a full eighty-two games and then get tired in the playoffs or busted up uh, in the regular season. So he's just going to sit out some games, and it led them to a championship doing that. Okay. Yeah. What do you think about all that? Uh. I can tell you this. <laughs> Shut up. Look, I was listening. Um, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> no, I saw I, your eyes closed. Look, there's a difference between listening and processing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was listening. Uh, just want to get that out of the way. Okay. I When you say less wear and tear on the player is good. Yeah. Like, just reading about Kevin Durant's injury, watching his injury, and then reading about, like, what a nice guy he is. Like, that really sucks. Um you dedicate your body to this game and you have a chance to lose all of it. Yeah. That's a real bummer. I don't want that to happen to you. Yeah. Um, you multi-million dollar man that I am yeah. now sympathizing. Yeah, with. really. Um, and honestly, Hey, I said on the last episode, I guess I picked a good season to start getting into. You the really NBA, did. There's some shit. And it's going to be short. It's like, Hey, game of Thrones, six episodes this season, picked a good time to get into it. Yeah. 
no, there's some there's shit going down, yeah. man. Um, none of this would come into play until next season, not the season coming up, but the one after. Uh, ah, so, okay. So well, 20, fuck them. Twenty 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 one. Um, but it's it's really interesting because people have been talking about this for a while. Other people, other thing people want is a uh, conferenceless. Uh, playoff seating, so just the top sixteen teams go regardless of conference. Okay, which is a big deal because the Eastern Conference historically sucks. Like <laughs> they have teams getting into the playoffs sometimes that are like thirty nine wins, forty three losses, and they make the playoffs. Oh, okay, and okay. Mean, and meanwhile, a team that goes like you know something like forty two and forty over in the Western Conference doesn't make the playoffs because they're not one of the top eight teams in the West. Is that why the Lakers didn't make it to the playoffs this year? If the Lakers were in the Eastern Conference, I believe they, they – I still don't think they would have made it because of how they collapsed. I haven't looked at the records, but they would have been closer okay, for sure. Um, the eighth seed in the East this year was the Pistons, I believe. Yeah, the Pistons. Uh, yeah, and they got smoked. They got swept in the – or no, I think they won a game maybe. They had four or five games against the Bucks before they were out. I am very excited to do an episode about conferences. Yeah. But today – we're doing an episode about something a little different. Yeah. We're doing an episode on trades. About trades. Across all sports, how trades work, what they mean, how historically they impact teams. We're talking about trading. Connor, what do you already know about trading? Uh, besides Pokemon cards? Yeah. Uh, I know that in playground rules, there's no takebacks. Yes. And I know that it just means that I could play for this team, and when I wake up tomorrow, I could play for something else. Yeah. And I remember you telling me that Blake Griffin got traded uh, after like a big ceremony, and he just tweeted out a shrug emoji. Did I send you the? I sent you the link. Yeah, the, they, they made. You sent me the link of the shirt they made yes. that had it's Obama, a, MLK, Nelson Gandhi, Mandela, Nelson Mandela, Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa, Blake Griffin the <laughs> third. It said pioneers on the front, and I. Oh my God! They As I told shirt you, I was like, him. you remember the guy who was on Broad City, and it was funny that his dick was too big. <laughs> He and Gandhi wanted to say, <laughs> "Yeah, he and Gandhi, fuck baby. you." It's so funny. So the big thing about trades, before we get into it, is that we're about to talk a lot of business and, um, oh boy, uh, teams and success of teams based on trades. Oh shit! I uh, forgot my notepad. <laughs> <laughs> a big thing you got to remember. It's fine. You won't. We don't have that many numbers or statistics. Okay. Uh, the big thing you got to remember is these are people's lives. So there is a video of Derrick Rose who spent his entire career with the Bulls, right? You might have heard of Derrick Rose before. He was I mean, we talked about the yeah, Derrick, Derrick Rose, Rose rule. rule. Exactly. He got that MVP, he got a big contract, injury after injury after injury and he was nothing like he once was. And he was like 25, already had an MVP, but was like this broken down player. And Whoa. he grew up in Chicago. He was a bull. Like he got drafted to like it'd be like if I got drafted to the Rockets. Like that's the team you grew up rooting for, and you get drafted to that team. You know what I mean? Like it's an incredible thing. And also they like you're an MVP in your early 20s, leading your teams to the playoffs and stuff, losing to LeBron, but, like, getting there. And you have, like, the top-seeded team a few times. You have a city on your back that you grew up in, and they're chanting your name. And then suddenly you break down. The memes come out. Everyone's making fun of you because of your injuries. The first injury, everybody's on your side and feels bad for you. And then you do it again, and suddenly that's when the memes start coming out that you can't stay healthy. And he's making this documentary about his life. It's a very interesting uh, video. I'll send you the link. And Derek Rose is doing an interview with these guys. And then he's like, yeah, you know, they're talking about maybe sending me to the Knicks. Uh, you know, I don't really know about that, but I'm a bull right now. And I'm excited. As he's talking about it, he gets a call from his agent. And he's still mic'd up. And he steps outside to take the call. And he gets the word that he's getting traded to the Knicks. 
And the dude just starts to cry, man. The dude just starts bawling his eyes out. And usually he's used to bawling on the court. (laughs) (laughs) So he's totally out of the woods. (laughs) But seriously, man, these are real people who, like, have to, like, instantly be like, okay, well, I guess I have to find a school for my kid. Because I gotta get need to get you know yeah. a new doctor, a new house. Like your whole life. Imagine like wow. today you get a call that your company's like, and this happens to in the business world too. Yeah. But it's just like, okay, cool, you go to Pittsburgh, and you're just like, all my friends are here. I grew up in the city. The city has my back. Oh yeah, well now you're in New York, Nick. Have fun. We lo- we love you. Bye. That's all it is, and that's crazy. I think, and we have to think about that. Yeah. All of this whole podcast could be prefaced with the words, yes, they're millionaires, but, right? <laughs> yes, fine. He was going somewhere to make millions of dollars, yeah. right? Yes, he was going to play a game for, um, for a living. I get that. But th- when that's all you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's still shitty. Yeah. Like, you could be paid, if you paid me a million dollars right now to move to, like, Germany, maybe I would do it, but I'm leaving all my friends and family behind. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So... Let's get into the meal, uh, the meat of it. But that is a thing I think we should also think about during all this. Is there's a human aspect to it? Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing you can say about poor people is that they'll understand the trials of rich people yeah. <laughs> just as much. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for Cody's sports spiel? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Lay it on me. Let me hit my spiel. Uh, <laughs> trades. Tra- <laughs> Trading is a human impulse. I have two oranges. You have a pair. Give me that pair. Take these oranges. (laughs) I have some sugar cane, and you have the only passage into Newfoundland. Here's some sugar, baby. Let me cross that road. (laughs) I have $15 million. You have 827,000 square miles of land west of the old Mississippi. That's a dynamite deal, Napoleon. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just Google famous trades in history? (laughs) Those first two aren't real trades. (laughs) Listen, sports is no different. I'm souring on my players. Your players look like that new hotness. Let's make a swap. Now, it's not only players that can be swapped. Future draft picks and cash cash considerations can also be traded. Hell, you can trade your dang coach if you want. This first occurred in 1960 when the Cleveland Indians traded their manager, Joe Gordon, to the Detroit Tigers in exchange for their manager, Jimmy Dykes. I don't like my coach. I like your coach. Let's switch coaches. People have been wanting to switch forever. Sports trading seems like a concept that would have simply been inherent, but before 19, uh, November 15th, 1886, it had never been done before. On that day, the Cincinnati Red Stockings of the American Association sent rookie catcher Jack Boyle and 400 smackaroos to the St. Louis Browns in exchange for outfielder, outfielder Hugh Nickel. This started a modern tradition of swaps and rules regarding them. Two major uh, components of trades include trade deadlines and no-trade clauses. Trade deadlines are the absolute last day a team may trade assets before the end of the season. This prevents some high-profile, successful teams from picking up some assets near the end of the season from fledgling teams trying to clear some space, Mm -hmm. right? So if I am the Celtics, I'm number one in the East, and it's the last day of the season, I can't trade for LeBron James. And just be like, oh, we have LeBron now, so we're just going to coast through. You know what I mean? Can't do that. So it's usually it's in February. It's usually about a week to two weeks before the trade de- deadline in the uh, NBA. Okay. I believe it's week six in the NFL. I'm unsure of the MLB and the NHL when exactly it falls. Again, don't know everything. <laughs> um, no trade clauses allow players to deny being traded unless they waive it. Uh, and they include this in their initial contract. 
So they'll sign a contract with you that says I cannot be traded. Um, in the past, elite players such oh. as LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Carmelo Anthony, Derek Jeter, Big Poppy, and uh, Chipper Jones have all had such clauses. Okay. Um, so, oh, sorry. I'm <laughs> yawning because I'm tired, not because I'm bored. <laughs> Long day at work. Uh, so if I, I'm thinking about this Blake Griffin story, yeah, where he just got traded after like what two months of saying that barely, he would stay? yeah, barely, barely any time in the 2016-17 season, I believe, or 17-18 season, yeah. So, if if you were to get drafted by your home team, yeah, Derrick Rose, yeah, if he got drafted by Chicago, yeah, could he say, "I'm so excited, let's get a no trade clause in that"? I contract. don't. So I don't believe rookies can make that kind of thing. Like a rookie contract and a regular mm. contract are two different things because okay. they like. Again, rookie contracts are different in that you can't just be like, I want a different contract somewhere. Like, no, they drafted you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you have to sign with them if you want to sign for this year. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, I uh, don't really think that would be that much uh, of a thing that could happen where you can just be like, no trade clause. Um, I know LeBron had one for a while just because of the, you know, he doesn't have one now. Um, which is, you know, it's, it's, there's not really an incentive for an organization to do it unless that's kind of like a chip that you use. Like, if I play NBA 2K and I want to sign a player, and like, I know another big, you know, organization wants to sign him in the offseason. If I'm playing my GM, I'll be like, no trade clause. So you don't have to worry about it. And they might go, oh, okay, security, cool. And they might jump over. You know what I mean? It doesn't okay. do anything for me. Is there a cheat code to bypass <laughs> trade clauses <laughs> you in your t- little game? Yeah, there is. You can turn, <laughs> you, you can turn off. Uh, you can turn off. Uh, uh, you can uh, force trades. <laughs> okay. I only do that when I'm really desperate. <laughs> or I know they would actually trade that in real life. Like I give enough assets, and they give like for like. Um, there's some. Uh, it's, Stupid, but I'll be like, that would really happen. So, oh, don't worry, we'll we'll play two K on it. We have to play two K. Yeah, I I don't care as much. We could play it. You're gonna learn a lot from two K. A lot of two K is bullshit and completely unrealistic, but a lot of it, like in terms of like the way cap works and stuff, is really informative. And you would never have to actually play a game if you were like worried about like, oh, I don't know the mechanics of playing an NBA game. There's you can literally, and most of what I do when I play NBA is just get a team together, make trades, sign free agents, draft, and like put together a team. It's very fun. So I have a friend who didn't know dick about soccer, picked up a copy of FIFA, and learned the rules. Yeah. Learned the rules, learned how it works. I'm not going to lie, and I don't want to, like, front on it, but, like, by playing video, I've played the first kind of actual simulation sports game that wasn't, like, NFL Blitz or something that I played was probably, like, ESPN 2K2 mm-hmm. basketball. So I've been playing sports video games that aren't like arcade sports video games for like 18 years now. And they have definitely helped me learn about more, more about players, learn more about how the NBA season works and how like, of course it's, it's a watered down version for sure. But like they try a lot to like be very like, you know, scrupulous with like how they do that kind of stuff. So it's very interesting. And also the rules. Yeah, for sure. Like, I didn't know a lot before I started playing those games about the rules. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I would definitely say that's good. Okay. Um, there are pick swaps, Stepian rules, and so much more to unearth. Now, Connor, might I trade you a penny in exchange for your thoughts? Fuck you. Oh, my God. Is that the end of your sports spiel? <laughs> that's the end of my sports spiel. 
<laughs> a regular segment on the podcast. <laughs> yep. We committed to it. That's right. Okay. Well, uh, now we go on to uh, a new segment, a regular segment, um, <laughs> a regular segment that I don't have a name for yet. Um, Connor's Question Corner. Connor's Cues. <laughs> we'll get we'll get things for all these. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I got to get something better than what I got. Connor's Cues. All right. Question one. We discussed the concept of tanking on our last episode. And how that helps teams improve in later seasons. If you're jumping in right now and you don't know what tanking is, tanking is when a team intentionally does poorly in the on-season so that in the next season they can get a better draft pick. Yes. It's what the Astros' uh, winning World Series team was built on. Cubs did the same, yeah. Well, you didn't say that, so I didn't get to drop that uh, bit of knowledge. (laughs) Cubs, 76ers, yeah. A lot of teams do it. Okay. So we discussed tanking. Yes. Have any bad trades been made in order to secure a better lineup down the road? Yeah, totally. Um, All the time. And you spoke about the Astros. That's a major way how they did it. They had these veteran players that, you know, around like the early 2010s that were 35, 34 years old that were not helping them win that much. They probably each helped win a few extra games a year, and they thought instead of finishing in the middle of the – the worst thing you can do in sports, and this isn't like a tanking issue or anything. It's just the truth. The worst thing you can do in sports is finish in the middle of the pack by far. Finish in the middle of the pack? The pack. Oh. Just to be like the number – out of 30 teams, to be the number 17 team is the worst possible fate. Oh, because that means you do not make the playoffs and you do not get the high draft pick. Okay, it's better if you cannot be a top 16 team, you better be the 30th team. Oh, wow. Okay, because that gives because there's no award for finishing third. There's a big award for finishing fifth in your division, right? That award is a really good shot at a Zion Williamson. Or a LeBron, or you know somebody with like so that can completely turn your team around. If the ultimate objective of sports is to win championships, then you either want to be in the playoffs where you're actively competing for the championship, or you want to be as far away from the playoffs as possible so you'll get gifted this one that's in a generation player in your lap. Okay, you know what I mean. Yeah. So. What the Astros did is they traded away all those veterans, either for other draft picks that could turn into great players, or um, just to clear some cap space to get to sign good contracts with those players or other players in the future. That's kind of what you do. You you'll you'll really make the um, decision to trade away your talent, get more draft picks, and that way. You'll pro- Here's the cool thing. If you trade a really good player away, but he's old, for draft picks, now your team sucks, right? <laughs> That'll get you a high draft pick. Plus, what would you just trade him for? Draft picks. Yeah. Now you've got an insured good draft pick because you suck. And if their team sucks, if he doesn't help them that much, then you got their terrible draft pick too. Now you're sitting there with these great draft picks, and yeah, you suck, and ticket sales might be done, but look at the Astros. They literally, at one point, I think in 2010, 2011, had a TV rating of zero. Yeah, I remember Nobody that. watched their game one time. I remember that. <laughs> and then suddenly they're world champions within seven years. That's insane. Yeah. I think, I think it was, what, it was 2014? 
2014, 2013 when that article got written. Remember that article? Yeah. The, the Sports Illustrated cover that was um, – uh, your twenty. It was in 2013, and they put your 2017 World Series champions, the Houston Astros, is what they put. Four years before it happened, and they got it right. Wait, I don't remember that article. Yeah. What? I can show it to you. It was this thing where because of how, what they were doing, everyone went, oh, shit, they're going to be good soon, huh? Oh, what? No. And like suddenly, like like everybody in the like. And so this one reporter for the uh, uh, Sports Illustrated made this bold claim and it came true. What happened to that guy? <laughs> He's still I guess he Did probably baseball <laughs> Illuminati kill him. No, he just he just guessed it right. <laughs> Is it Nate Silver? <laughs> um, uh, no, I forgot his name. I should know his name. That's really bad of me. Um, he, uh, Cody's looking at his phone. I'm I'm trying to look it up. I'm not just like searching around. Tell a joke, Connor. He's looking at Instagram. (laughs) This podcast, a joke. (laughs) Episode three, no homework. Looking at her phone. (laughs) Uh, 2014, um, was when it was, uh, aired. Um, published. Published. Sorry, I'm looking up shit. (laughs) Connor, not the dumb one no more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, June twenty fourth. So we just passed the uh, the anniversary of it. Ben Ryder wrote it, okay. um, and it was a uh, yeah. The, the, this was the article. It said baseball's great experiment. Your twenty seventeen World Series champs. Wow, it was written in twenty fourteen. I'm going to look this up. It's sick. Yeah. It's George Springer on the front, who wasn't a big name by that point. He was like doing well, but not a big name. And then he's in the World Series, blasting homers, Springer dingers, as we call them, and um, <laughs> he's uh, doing great. So yes. Tanking, trading, they all go hand in hand. All right. Um, you said question two was dumb. I didn't say it was dumb. You said it was dumb. I said that the answer is either that's a thing that happens behind closed doors or maybe someone else knows a good example of it, but I, the way it's worded here was different than what we talked about. Okay. Question three. Oh, <laughs> well, no, go, ahead, go ahead, Go ahead, Go ahead, Um <sighs> The struggles of Colin Kaepernick have shown me that owners cannot conspire to keep a player out of the game. Except when they do. But what about keeping a player in the league, whether they like it or not? Have there ever been instances of trade done to kill off a player's career? Now, that's interesting wording. I would say the bigger answer is yes, it has happened. Where, but not in a way. So the first answer is no. No, no time has a trade. I think that's more of a contract thing. A trade okay. has never been executed to keep a player in the league against their will. That just doesn't make a lot of sense. The other question has there been trades uh, that kills off a player's career? I don't know if any organization would make a trade purely out of spite. I think it's always going to be a combination of spite and wanted success. So. Like, I just let's talk about the Kawhi Leonard trade. Yeah. Okay. Kawhi Leonard wanted to go to L.A. really badly when he was traded from the Spurs. Mm-hmm. If you don't know about him, he had an injury with the Spurs that they deemed was healthy. And he said, no, I'm not healthy. And they wanted him to play. And he said, I don't want to play. And it just kind of all the trust was lost. Yeah. And the people in his own, like Tony Parker and Monty Ginobili and other people, like spoke out against him. and like kind of confronted him in a locker room and he didn't like it. So he's like, I'm not going to be a Spur anymore. Trade me. He said, I want to be traded to like L.A. Uh, Clippers or Lakers, I don't care. I'm from L.A. I want to go home. And they, in what people thought was spiteful, traded him to Canada, yeah, to Toronto. But they also got DeMar DeRozan back, who's a great player. 
and um, they and Jacob Pertle, so in, that's nobody, but they got him too. Um, but they um, they traded him to be like, you know, oh well, I think it was kind of a fuck you. You kind of fucked us over, so you're not going to go where you want to. But yeah. also, we're going to get a great player back. So it's not like we're trading you for a bag of beans. Like <laughs> we're trading you to a team maybe you don't want to go to, but we're going to get something out of it. I just imagine uh, an owner or a coach somewhere who just like hates the player so much. He's like, "Man, you, you pooped on my lawn one time, <laughs> and I never forgot about it," or something like that. And so they do everything they can to get that player under their team and never, ever, ever play them. And I'm only saying this because there's an episode of Entourage. Where this kind of happened, where Vince, like, uh, the Hollywood exec was like, Vince, you're never going to act unless you act for me. Your career is done, and I'm never even going to cast you in my movies because you broke my toy of Shrek. That totally works without the trade part. You know okay. what I mean? Like, I'm sure there are instances where people are, like, there's a million instances where owners have benched players on their own team. And, like, been, like, mad at them. But most of the time, you want to get them out because it's not like you're, like, punishing them. Actors don't have cap space, like, that they take up. You know what I mean? You're allowed to hire as many great actors as you want. Like, there's no cap on how many great actors you can get. On this, you're maybe paying this guy $15 million out of spite. Well, that's not just, like, a fun, I have $15 million to throw around, whatever. That's $15 million less that you can play a great, play a better okay. player. So it's a little bit less common. All right. Um, and I just want to say for the people listening at home, as I was saying it out loud, I don't know if Vince broke a Shrek <laughs> toy or if Turtle called someone Shrek. Something like that happened. I remember the episode. I just remember Shrek coming up and then Vince being fucked over later on in the season. Yeah. Um, what a show. Okay. Medellin. <laughs> That, that's one for the entourage heads out there. Yeah, what do you have, boys? That's a deep cut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Question three. Want to be your superhero? What is a historically bad trade Oof. that will always be unanimously remembered as a terrible decision? Okay. There are a bunch. I'm trying to narrow it down a little bit because this also goes. I, I've seen the questions. Sorry if you think I'm completely out of the woods. One of the questions we're about to talk. This is kind of. There's not really, like, a history of, like, good trades. There's mostly a history of somebody – like, there's trades that are good for both sides, but those aren't usually the ones that get written up about or really publicized. Most of the trades are, that you're going to see instantly impact one team and instantly okay. make the other team maybe not as good. The biggest one that people are going to want us to talk about and that I'll start off with is the James Harden trade. That's talked about as a bad trade, just in, James Harden to the Rocket? Yes. Okay. So um, in 2012, I believe it was, um, James Harden was traded to the Houston Rockets uh, in exchange for three, pl two players and a draft pick. Um, these two players were Kevin Martin, um, who had been with the Rockets for a little bit, uh, was with the T Timberwolves. Um, okay player. I'm going to give him about a, you know, at his height, a B, maybe a B minus. At his worst, D. You know what I mean? Like, fine, okay, serviceable player that was the Rockets' kind of linchpin for their worst years uh, in the post-Yao, pre-Harden era, right? He was kind of our star, but, you know, he it's like being the, you know, prettiest hooker in a go, bad go. place to live. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> You're the prettiest hooker in Copper's Cove, Texas. <laughs> You're you're fine. You know what I mean? Okay. Um anyways, he was like not anything uh special. 
They traded him, Jeremy Lamb, who is a shooting guard that's not anything, and a draft pick, which turned out to be Steven Adams, who's a great uh, center, um, good big man who's still with the OKC Thunder, who's part of the Stash Bros back in the day, um, with him and um, Enos Cantor. Um, and, but they traded away James Harden because James Harden wanted $5 million more million and they said no. Um, he wanted a four-year deal, I believe, for $60 million, and they offered him a four-year deal for $55 million because if they had given him that $5 million, they would have had to dip into the luxury tax, ah. and they would have paid, which you know about now, yeah. and they would have had to pay an extra $15 million. So giving Ooh. that $5 million was really turning it into twenty. Yeah, okay. Um, so they said no. They traded him. Um instead of extending his contract and because uh, he was still under contract. Okay. And um, the Rockets got the catalyst of anything good that's happened in Houston and uh, the NBA world for the last seven years. Uh, James Harden is a top five he- rocket of all time. Okay. He's one of the, I believe he's one of the top 10 offensive players in the league of all time. Maybe um, he creates, a million opportunities, not just for himself, but for others. And people don't talk about that shit enough that he's a great passer. Um, he averaged, you know, 36 points this season um, and didn't get MVP because of the fucking media bias and people loving Giannis and hating him. And um, also he's, he's, he has finished either in first place or second place in the NBA voting for the MVP last four years. Oof. One first place finish, three second place finishes. So there's a buy, you know, that's yeah. shitty. Um, and he lost by a large margin this time, too. Um, he's an incredible player that the Thunder, at the time, he was a sixth man of the year. And that award goes to the sixth man, the f- not a starting player yeah. that, you know, jumps up. And the reason that this one is so important points to a bigger thing in sports with trading. We're not going to talk a lot about MLB trades here or NFL trades because a single player can make the biggest difference in the NBA than in any other sport, maybe. Okay, because the, the reason I asked this question is that when Roger Clemens was traded from the Astros back to the Yankees, mm-hmm. was he traded or was he just sent? I believe he just signed with them, if I'm not sure. I, I do not remember. He, he, he went back there for a year, and then he came back to play for the Sugarland Skaters. <laughs> um, but I remember my stepdad just – it was it was a rough week uh, in that house. Like he, really? was, he was in a bad, bad mood. He was, I, I feel like I said that before. He wasn't hitting us or, like, throwing stuff at us or, like – Cursing at it. He was just like grumpy. Yeah, he, he signed with them. Okay, my bad. Whoops. <laughs> then he felt betrayed by Clemens, not the Astros. Sure. Okay. Then I just didn't know what the hell I was talking about, which is why we're doing this podcast. Exactly. So I could learn more. But what, what I want to say is, in the MLB, there are nine position players at any time. Yeah. Those can be switched out. Those can be swapped. But at any time on a baseball field, there are nine people that are playing the defense, there are one person batting and one person pitching, right? So you could have, you know, uh, but that's part of the nine, uh, the pitcher. But those people get cycled out all the time. A pitcher rarely pitches the entire game. Usually you're going to have some mid-relievers and then a closer. So you could have up to, you know, usually you're going to maybe have two or three pitchers a night. You might have up to five, six, seven, depending how the game's going. Um, Those position players can be cycled out. In the NBA, 
you're going to play nine to twelve, maybe not even twelve, maybe nine to eleven players every night. You're going to play your five starters, and you're going to have a bench. Now, if you're Mike D'Antoni, you like to keep that bench real small and play your starters a lot. Mike D'Antoni is the Rockets coach? Rockets coach. Yeah, okay. Mike D'Antoni. Uh, <laughs> this is the Rockets coach. Um, he'll play nine players, maybe even eight some nights, right? So the five starters and maybe three or four guys come off the bench and take the spots. When you have that thing, you are able to completely change the you know, trajectory of your team in any way. If you are an MLB player – you get to hit four times a game, maybe five. Maybe if you're playing bad enough, it could end up being three. You know, you can't impact the game. If you are the best defensive player in the MLB, you could not get the ball hit to you every game. I am an incredible shortstop, right? There is a possibility, it doesn't happen, but there's a possibility that the ball will never get hit to you. Yeah. So you will never play the defense. And then if you hit, then you'll hit three times. And if you're in the NFL, you could be the greatest linebacker in history or the greatest cornerback. Let's say you're a cornerback, which means you defend the wide receivers, right? So you make sure that the guys who catch the ball do not catch the ball. Okay. And let's say they run the ball the entire game and they do incredible at running. But your job is to guard those uh, <laughs> passive boys. Okay. You're the best defensive player, but you're not being utilized, right? Gotcha. If you are a quarterback, right? The guy that throws the ball. And you, <laughs> you just looked at me like I was crazy when I said linebacker. So I'm trying to make sure. <laughs> so I'm trying to make sure. They're okay, in the back right. of the line. Um, let's, say, let's say you're the quarterback. And you're the greatest quarterback that the NFL has ever seen. If you don't have a guy that can catch or a line that can oh. block you, you're nothing. If you are a good NBA player, especially a ball handler like James Harden, who gives a fuck about your teammates? Maybe you won't win all the time, but individually, you will be incredible. And if you're a good passer, suddenly those guys that aren't that good, they get a little bit better because you find their open spots. You get them into good positions, and they get open. Maybe you could defend, if you're a great defender like Giannis or um, Antetokounmpo, who just won MVP, or LeBron in his earlier years, he's kind of laxed on defense a little bit, or like, you know, some great, you know, um, defenders, you can be, and, and James has become a really good defender too, uh, Harden. You can be, you can guard their best player if you're the kind of right size, no matter what their position is, so that you're always in that mode to defend. So when I trade for a great quarterback, that's awesome. If the rest of my team sucks, though, I'm not going to win. If I trade for a truly transcendent NBA player, I can start winning 20-plus more games a season. And that's what the Rockets did. They just turned it all around because Harden was great. Okay. And, so, and that also brings in other people to play with him. You know what I mean? So it's very important. The Harden trade was a big one. The other one I really want to talk about is the Herschel Walker trade. Um, Herschel Walker was a Cowboys running back, right? And okay. he was uh, a great talent. He had he had been awesome. Running back is who the quarterback throws the ball to. No, <laughs> they run. The, they run the ball. <laughs> I'm gonna get it from the fans this week. <laughs> he, they hand, oh boy! They hand off. He hands off the ball or pitches the ball to the running back who runs from the line of scrimmage. Oh, the wide receivers receive the ball and they're wide out on the field. I wish there was a better way to understand it. Like if they named it well. Shut the Wait, fuck. They up. did. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Oh my god. <laughs> fuck you, dude. 
Listen, if you're a fan out there, whatever you do, do not at me at Cliftocurrency. At that boy. <laughs> on anything. He can use the engagement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Um, so, Herschel Walker, great Cowboys running back. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, and they uh, decide to flip him to the Vikings. Okay. Now, this is a thing that a team will do. The Patriots are really good at it. If they have a player that has this incredible year, but they're like, I really don't think he has much more than this. They'll flip him to another team. Instead of being like, well, we have this great player. We're just going to ride this out. No, no, no. I'm going to get a younger, better player with a more of an upside. This guy just showed how good he can be. But next year, we don't know if it's going to be that same thing again. Especially in football, where everything's really situational, right? Um, so what they'll do is they flipped Herschel Walker, their star running back. And in return from the Vikings, they got five draft picks. No, five players and six draft picks for that guy. Right? I think they had a couple of draft picks in there, too. Five players and six draft picks for this one guy. Wow. Yeah, that was supposed to be the transcendent talent. Herschel Walker gets to the um, uh, Vikings, stinks it up. Three, only played three years with them. Ooh. Nothing. Uh, Dallas Cowboys get those draft picks, turn them into Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman. Okay. And they win three Super Bowls and become America's team. Wow. That was the America's team era. And it was all started by that trade. And the Vikings never did that. So <laughs> um, that's one of the most lopsided trades ever. That really changed. Okay. Changed the landscape, which I think leads into your next question pretty well. Yeah, it does, which is uh, what have been some trades that completely changed the game, so to speak? Yeah. For example, a trade that buffed a team to the point where they were guaranteed a playoff spot. I have five examples right here that I'll just run you through quickly. Um, Babe Ruth was a Boston Red Sox. Might, might have never known that. Uh, and he got traded to the Yankees for um, $100,000. Wow. 100000 <laughs> Which, I and mean. And you have the most transcendent be- baseball player of all time. At the time, a lot of money. Yeah. Sure. You know, millions in this age. Yeah. But also, that's Babe Ruth, baby. Yeah. He won them a bunch of championships, and the Red Sox didn't win another one until 2004. And to be fair, until you just said it, I never knew he played for the Red Sox. There you go. Well, I've always associated him with the New York Yankees. Well, that's what it became called, the curse of the Bambino. When they traded him, the Red Sox never won another World Series till 2004. Wow. From Babe Ruth's era to 2004, it's a long time. So... That was a Who did they win against, the Boston Red Sox? Their first one? Yeah, and the, in 2004. God, they've won like four since then. The first one, I know they beat the rank, uh, Yankees in the ALCS that year. They were against, I'm going to get roasted for not knowing this, Cardinals, St. Uh, Louis. I hate them. Uh, Why do you hate St. Louis? They spied on us. They were our biggest rivals growing up. Albert Pujols was a fucking loser who kicked our ass all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I want to get to. So I fucking hate them so we'll much. We'll get to rivalries another, another yeah, time. Yeah, I fucking hate their ass so much. And they spied on us and got caught out for it because they're fucking losers. And then we <laughs> left their division, which, thank God, fuck them. <laughs> all right, after Babe Ruth, who's next? After Babe Ruth, I wrote down another one um, that I would say would be a big one. Um, this one was personal to me because I loved this team. Uh, the 2004, uh, also this era, um, Detroit Pistons were maybe the last team that ever won uh, an NBA final with no superstars. Nobody. 
Like, literally, all the championships have been won in the last, since this year, by, like, five guys. Like, one of these five guys was on every team that won. You know what I mean? Like, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Kobe, Shaq, or, you know, like, you know, Paul Pierce or, you know, Dirk Nowitzki. Like, they each won one. But, like, it's always, you got to have a big-name talent. The Pistons didn't. They just had good players that fucking knew their role and got shit done. So they had these guys, Chauncey Billups. They had Richard Rip Hamilton. Uh, they had um, Ben Wallace, who was a defensive, multiple defensive player of the year, and they were just kind of missing that one extra little piece that they really needed. Midway through the season, right before the trade, trade deadline, they trade for Rashid Wallace, who was this incredible player defensively, offensively. He made up the catchphrase, ball don't lie, uh, which is if he fouls you and he doesn't think it's a real foul, he would watch you and you would miss your free throws and he would yell ball don't lie and then you'd get like really in your head about it and you'd miss again he'd be like ball don't lie so he'd uh, think that the it, it was like magic yes okay that the ball knows if it was a foul or not oh wow <laughs> anyways okay. he comes in there instant impact they took the lakers it was the last kobe shack year so it was Kobe, Shaq, and they added two Hall of Famers. Now, they were on their last legs, but they were great, and that was uh, Gary Payton, the glove, and Carl Malone, the mailman. And those four guys were supposed to be this super team, um, but they were this highly prone-to-injury, highly combustible. This was, like, the worst part of the Shaq-Kobe uh, era, you know what I mean? Because, like, this was, like, Kobe's lawsuit and, like, mm. Shaq making fun of him for it. And then, like, mm. all this stuff about, like, Shaq cheating on his wife and stuff like that. So it was really bad and volatile. And it ultimately ended with um, Kobe saying either get rid of me or get rid of Shaq. And the Lakers got rid of Shaq. Mm. Um, which, you know, Kobe got him uh, two more championships. But whatever. Um, anyways, Rasheed Wallace in the Pistons. No stars go up against these four Hall of Fame legends, and they beat them in the finals. And uh, I thought I loved that team um, when I was uh, 12 years old. And they were like this really cool ragtag, um, cool Detroit Pistons team, you know. And so that was a big one. Um, Kwame Brown was this bust that the Lakers had um, that they traded for Pau Gasol. Uh, and some other, uh, they traded him and some other players for Pau Gasol, who came in and helped Kobe get those two championships after Kobe was kind of floundering after Shaq left because he didn't have anybody around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, even like you might, even if you have a great player, you might not win. Yeah. But Kobe was great, but they still lost a lot, you know. Um, Kawhi Leonard, the trade we just talked about, right yeah. to the Spurs. They, the Spur, the the um, Raptors, have traditionally just been right on the cusp these last few years. They had Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, and they were these two guys who were these great players, neither one of them necessarily superstar level, but just good players, and every year they got bounced by LeBron. Every year, Mm. LeBron James would just eliminate them, no matter if he was with, you know, um, the uh, uh, Cavs, the Heat, he was always just trouble for them, right? Mostly with the Cavs, though, these last three years he was with them. Then they trade, they made this big move, right? So their GM... They have this guy, DeMar DeRozan, who's been with the team for, you know, nine years, eight years, something like that. Then they have this guy, Dwayne Casey, who's their coach, and he was coach of the year. And when he went up to accept his coach of the year thing, he had already been fired. He got fired after being coach of the year. Whoa. Yeah. And they traded away their franchise player for a guy who hadn't played in a season because he had an injury. They swung for the fences, and it worked. <laughs> they, had, they brought in a guy who had never coached the NBA before. Suddenly, he coaches them to a final that their superstar that they just traded for hadn't played in a while helps them win it. First, first uh, championship in franchise history. 
Wow. All based on a trade. Man. Yeah. So what I'm taking away from this is that trades have like these really – maybe it'll be this season. Maybe it'll be a few seasons down the line. But yeah. it has rippling effects that if you understand the game, if you understand the rules, you can strategize. Like, all right, we're going to have a title in five years, and yeah. this is how we're going to do it. Yeah, Whereas, it's, a, it's an act of faith. Because I, I always considered the, the way the game works is that like, all right – what are we gonna do to win a title this year? What are we gonna do to win a title this? Like we gotta win this game. We gotta win this game. And now I'm seeing that like there's the five year plan to this kind of shit. There can be, yeah. Well, there's both. So what we just talked about with the Astros, that's a five year plan. When we talked about the Raptors, that's a win now plan, right? <laughs> that is a I want to win a title. I don't want to keep watching my nice good guys. Yeah. My wonderful coach, because like they had a great regular season, but they lost in the playoffs. And what's the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is not to have a great regular season. Ultimate goal is to win a championship. Yeah. So they brought in guys who could do that, and they did it. That's big. Uh, my last ever one is personal to my heart. Brett Favre uh, was an Atlanta Hawk for his first year. He completed zero passes. He got two interceptions. He was a huge bust. And somewhat, for some reason, the Green Bay Packers looked at him and thought, that's a star right there. So they traded one first-rounder for him. Which, wow. at the time, for like a guy who sucks, giving up a first-rounder... The Hawks were like, holy shit, yeah, we'll take that. This guy sucks ass for us. He, the coach hates him. Wow. He, like, he's like, you know, kind of a showboat, like, or kind of like a reckless uh, with the ball. Yeah. We'll take it. Brett Favre. dick pics left and right. I read it when I was a kid. That was later. When I was a kid, I read a Brett Favre book about Brett. And Brett used to, and Brett Favre's one of my favorite players of all time, who I also have a huge controversy with. Um, but Brett Favre, one time, and it wasn't about the dick pics. Brett Favre, one time. <laughs> But, which was bad, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, it was separate. Brett Favre, one time... <laughs> Brett Favre used to throw the ball at people's helmets thinking it would bounce off and go into his receiver's hands. <laughs> That's how crazy Brett Favre was. It's like, if I throw it at this guy's face, maybe it'll hit off him. I will catch it. <laughs> he was crazy, man. Wranglers. Anyways, uh, Brett Favre won the championship as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Traded for a first-rounder. All right. Yeah. Those are the ones I'll give you. Okay, my last question here. <sighs> Going to repeat a joke I made earlier in this episode, but uh, whatever. I was wondering when you made it. <laughs> hey, you guys are for later. Forgot. Forgot <laughs> that I had written this earlier today. Uh, the playground doesn't have many rules, but one maxim has persisted through the years. No take-backs. Yeah, no takesy-backsies. <laughs> I wish I could take back the joke I made <laughs> hey, earlier in the show. No, 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 no take-back. Uh... Have there been any trades that franchises then tried to reverse after realizing they beefed it? So you can't do that at all. Oh. That is completely not what you do. The only reason uh, – so instead I'm going to pivot a little bit and tell you why a trade might not happen. You know what I mean? Okay. It can't be a franchise saying, oh, crap, we messed up. It just can't happen. What can happen, though, is one of the players doesn't pass their physical. So they might sell them on a bill of goods that isn't there. Oh, so a player might go to a team. He does a physical with them. It's revealed that he has a crippling injury that the other team was maybe trying to hide for them or didn't know about, and they can veto the trade after that. They can just veto that boy. Okay, it work. The other thing that can happen. So, all right, this is a very controversial topic. Uh oh, a trade was in place. Um, 
Uh, I, I need to make sure what the year was. I believe it was definitely in the later 2000s. Yes. Uh, I think it was 2000. Oh, no, yeah, 2011. Okay. Okay. Let's get into it. Chris Paul. He was a rocket, right? He was not a rocket at this time. He's only been a rocket for two years. Okay. Okay. Chris Paul was set to be traded from the New Orleans Hornets at the time um, to the Los Angeles Lakers to be paired with Kobe Bryant. And uh, it was going to be this big pairing because Chris was kind of on his – he was kind of the max Chris Paul era, right? He was at the height of his powers. Okay. Um, At this point, um, the Hornets were going to uh, acquire um, Lamar Odom from Mm. the Lakers – they were also going to uh, inhabit. Uh, they were going to acquire um, Luis Scola, Kevin Martin, and Goran Dragic from the Rockets, and the Rockets were going to acquire Pau Gasol, who was this incredible champion player. Okay, right. <laughs> the league vetoed it. David Stern, the commissioner, vetoed it. Okay. Now, David Stern at the time was a part owner of the Hornets as well. Ooh, okay. And didn't like the trade and also said it would lead to, like, disparity, right? Basically the reason. Oh, Um, that smells bad. He didn't think it would be fair if Kobe and... um... (laughs) How long was he commissioner after that? Um... David Stern made the NBA what it is. He is the gr- he oh, okay. the most historic. Like he was he was commissioner through Hakeem and LeBron and Kobe and Michael Jordan. He was the guy. But he was there were some things that people look at um, that he was shady. You know, kind of like you know this feels a little yeah this this feels shady. Apparently, a bunch of the owners want it to be vetoed as well. Um, and they wanted, um, they, they kind of wanted competitive balance and they wanted to prevent small market teams from, from trading their stars away, yeah. uh, in order okay. to keep, um, thing. Uh, they, the biggest thing that they said, <laughs> the big thing that everybody points to as to why they did it is in quotes, basketball reasons Ugh. for basketball reasons. It okay. could not be completed. So that Lakers still to this day fucking hate David Stern and hate that he did that. Um, the Lakers always are like, what What could have been, man? We could have had like three more if we had CP and uh, that, Kobe in the back. What What is enough for these people? Because we, we mentioned Toronto earlier. Like, I, I got excited when I realized they're like, oh, they've never, they've always been on the cusp. Oh, like this was a total underdog team yeah. and they won. Yeah. Like, wow, good for them. Like, I love hearing a story like that. Yeah. I don't know sports, but I know enough to know that like, I would like to see a Super Bowl without the Patriots. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> I would like to see the Warriors not in the NBA Finals. That'd be nice. Uh, I'd like to see the Astros and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck um, the Yankees. I want to see Astros win every year. Yeah, fuck the Yankees. Um, but I don't know why the Lakers care so much. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it just – I have a little self-awareness, so, I think. So like, that's a story about something like that happening. Uh, okay. Chris Paul could have been a Laker. Pau Gasol could have been a Rocket. Who knows what it would have been? Um, maybe uh, – but the thing is – if we don't have Kevin Martin, we never get James Harden. So that was that was that would have ne- the James Harden deal would have never happened if that hadn't been vetoed. I just think that it it, it 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 in many factors of life, not just sports, 
what good does it do to sit around and think, what could have been? It does no good. It just gives you... But it's, that's it, everything in life. The girl, yeah, that, the girl that married that scumbag that, you know, you went on a couple right. of Right, I'm just with. saying my life philosophy is it does no good to sit around thinking what You're completely right logically, but from an emotional standpoint, that's a hard thing just to be like, oh, I will not think about it because it does no good. Instead of like, oh, man, I could have had that job. I would have been a millionaire. Yeah, of course. On a human Did you hear about that guy that sold off all that Bitcoin for a pizza? He did? Yeah. Tight. He would have he would have had millions of dollars. Fuck tell it. tell him tell him. Don't oh, think about it. Oh, I got it. okay. You want to talk about this? <laughs> if you participate in cryptocurrency in any way, shape, or form, you are a currency manipulator, and you deserve to be subjected to fierce white collar crime. <laughs> I feel that way about the stock market. I feel that way about cryptocurrency. If I'm not talking about a moral thing, though, I'm talking about as as an emotion. Yeah. Regret. <laughs> It's yes. a real thing. It's, yes, it's a natural thing. It's natural. It's real. But it is not a productive mindset to have. But productive isn't an emotion. And? And you can't tell some. That's like saying when somebody's you know mom dies, being sad about this and wallowing in your room does no good. Maybe it's true that they'd be healthier if they got out and talked to people or drank Wait, some water. Wait, that's so different. How? Because <laughs> if you want to properly compare that, it's like regret and my mom dying. I regret killing my mom, maybe. No, no, I'm not talking about that, though. I'm talking about the concept of it does no good. It doesn't. So it doesn't do any good either to cry into your pillow instead of maybe getting out and getting a job and tell that to the guy crying his pillow because his mom died. <laughs> Man, I'm just trying to, to put you're, out, you're, I'm you're, trying to put out like a positive thing to be like, hey man, lift yourself up by your bootstrap. Don't wallow in your misery. As death. usual, Connor, you're, you're like, fuck you. As usual, Connor, you're right in the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take it. As long as you said I'm right, I'll take it. <laughs> Nothing better. <Yeah>. For three. <laughs> Uh, okay, Cody. Okay, okay, Keeny. We got. If we ever make merch, we gotta get okay, Cody shirts. I'll get okay, with Cody shirts with you in a big check suit. <laughs> <laughs> it says okay, Cody. Okay, Cody. <laughs> all right. Um, I think that's all my questions. Really? That was the fifth one. Is it time for my soapbox? It's time for your soapbox. I'm gonna hop on up. <laughs> I had to ride a horse to buy a soapbox. <laughs> I'm riding it back. <laughs> Squirrel in the road. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's trades. And uh, I had to think long and hard about trades that impacted me. Um, and there's quite a few, but there's one big one, I think, uh, from an emotional standpoint, uh, that um, hit me the hardest. And this was a trade that ultimately made my franchise that I like mm-hmm. better. Okay. By a lot. But... You can't find it on your phone. No, I have it. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I, I, I'm just trying to kind of wrestle with it. This also uh-huh. happened in 2004. Um, when I grew up, my favorite player in the league growing up, before Yao Ming hit, Yao Ming came in in 2002, but before that, I was a fan of these two guys that were my guards on my team that later were with Yao Ming, and that was Steve Francis and Katino the Cat Mobley. 
Tito Mobley and Steve Francis were awesome. They were Houston, they were Houstonians when they lived here till they died. They were this great duo. They loved the team. The city loved them. And we had Yao Ming. Them together could never do it. They could never get over the hump. They could just never put it all together. And one day in 2004, I'm 12 years old. I'm over at my friend Matt Chang's house. And we're on Shout out to Matt Chang. Matt, shout out to my boy, Matt Chang. Changsta, he's a good boy. <laughs> Listen, uh, Matt, Matt and me are at his house, and we look, I believe, on yahoo.com one day as we were surfing around his internet looking at, you know, like E-bombs world and things like that. <laughs> um, and Steve Francis and Coutinho Mobley have been traded to the Orlando Magic, both of them, Ooh. for Tracy McGrady. Now, Tracy McGrady... T-Mac is, again, one of the top 25 offensive players maybe in NBA history. He is an incredible person who matched up with the likes of LeBron and Kobe and held his own. He was this dynamic scorer. He provided one of Houston's biggest sports moments of all time where he scored 13 points in 30 seconds to, to end a game. Um, I'll show you that uh, in a second here. It's awesome. Okay. Um, he was incredible matched up with Yao. They were great together. They both got injured too much, but they had some great runs. He never got it done for us. It's great. But I always think back to that as a time where I was just so I was so excited to have Tracy McGrady, right? He's one of the best players in the league at that time. Top five for sure. And the Rockets have him. And that didn't happen much back then, right? The Texans were no good at that time. They're only three years old. The Astros were about to go to World Series. Uh, They had been doing well. So that was kind of squared away. But the Rockets kind of never could really figure it out. And finally, we got this franchise player that's matched up with my favorite player of all time, Yao Ming. That is my favorite player in the NBA of all time. Okay. Yeah, Mink. Um, and I just remember being so morally confused. Here was this great opportunity. Um, and, and this kind of leads into what we were just talking about a little bit, God, to be honest. The best thing for us at that moment was Tracy McGrady. Mm-hmm. But I always thought, what if we could have kept one of the two? What if we could have positioned some other players, sent them away? Why do they have to take two of my boys? Well, Cody? Send them to, send them to the Magic. I've got some good news for you. What? We've got those two players. They're here! Here in my house! No! Fuck you, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Tino Mobley's playing in the Big Three right now, which is a retirement league that yeah. Ice Cube started. Wait, a retirement league? Yeah. All the <laughs> I'm NBA just pl- thinking of a bunch of old people no, they, playing basketball. All the NBA players that didn't quite make it through or just some like kind of prospects or retired NBA players play in this league called the Big Three, and it's three-on-three basketball, and um, Ice Cube started it. And it is... Kind of fun to watch. They've okay, kind of, it's their second season. They're kind of figuring it out a little bit more, or the third season now, maybe. They're kind cool. Of figuring, they're kind of figuring it out a little bit more and more now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, it's dope. And Katina Mobley is like fifty, and he has like a beard, like a big white beard, and he balls out on these fucking losers. <laughs> it's cool <laughs> as shit. He's like the oldest guy on the floor by like five to ten years, and he's just kicking their ass. That's awesome. He was awesome. I miss you, Steve Francis. I miss the cat. Stevie Franchise, when Stevie Franchise was on the cover of Sports Illustrated for Kids, I can't tell you how proud I was. I was sitting in my therapist's office (laughs) at the age of 10 (laughs) because I had OCD crippling. And um, I saw a guy from my city on the cover of Sports Illustrated for Kids. That was the magazine. That was my favorite magazine. And I was like, man, like that's me. It's not Derek Jeter. It's not, you know, some, you know. 
like it's not Ronaldo or like some player that doesn't mean anything to me. It's my guy. You yeah. know, I've high fived him before. Did I ever tell you that story? No. Last story um, before we leave, um, I, and I give you your homework assignment. I was one time asked to be a ball boy for the Houston Rockets for one night as a part of this kind of like um, kids could go. So my mom, all growing up, my mom worked at this really reputable healthcare organization, the uh, HCA, and she partnered with the Houston Chronicle. So anytime I went to a basketball game or a baseball game or a football game when I was a kid, I sat in the booth, uh, the box seats. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I had like this really cool hookups. And one of them was, there was like this thing where kids got to be um, the ball boys, or, or kind of. So what they were called bench warmers. So what I got to do was I got to sit on the bench while they did their warm-ups, and I got to watch them from the court do their warm-ups. And also, when they came out to do their warm-ups, I got to high-five all of them in a line. Oh, right? man. So as a kid, it was the greatest thing of all time. I have two distinct memories when I was a kid. Kelvin Cato was the backup to Yao Ming, seven-foot-tall guy, you know, big, big, tall dude. And he missed a shot, and it bounced off the backboard, and it went straight to me on the bench, and I caught it. And there I am holding. I'm like, I'm like 11 to 12 years old, and I'm holding a NBA basketball on an wow. NBA court. And Kelvin Cato looks over at me. He walks over a little and just puts his hand up for me to throw it back to him, you know. And I'm like, dude, I better get this right. <laughs> so I take all of my might I can, and I just hoist it at him. And even with everything I gave it, it hit him, like, right in the thighs. <laughs> and he, like, grabbed it. And I was like, oh, I messed up. And he goes, he gave me a little nod. And he walked away. And I was like, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> like, Anyways, I was obsessed with Yao Ming. I had Yao Ming, like, like jersey. I had, like, everything for me was Yao Ming at that time and still is. I love the guy. I went to his retirement uh, ceremony or when we put the um, – when he put his number in the rafters, yeah, I went to that ceremony two years ago and cried my eyes out. Me and Jared were there, and I cried. Um, it was awesome. And uh, he was coming out of the tunnel, and I was like, and my mom was like, "Oh my god, you're gonna get to meet Yao! Like, you're gonna get to slap hands with Yao!" And I was like, so excited. And like, st- obviously, like Steve Francis there, but I was so excited too. But Yao, and I'm there, and my hands out, right? And I do the uh, the um, the ha- high fiving thing, and I go in, and I see my mom afterwards, and she goes, "Cody, I was watching you. You didn't even look at him when." You um, uh, high-fived him. Why didn't you even look at him? And I go, Mom, I was just looking at his hands. Dude. (laughs) This guy. I remember one time in Nickelodeon Magazine, they had a spread. His hand, if you open a magazine cover to cover, his hand goes across both pages. Whoa. That's how big Miao Ming's hand is. So my hand just kind of was just lost in a (laughs) sea that was his hand. It was like putting a cookie crisp in a milk bowl. It just, <laughs> disa- just disappeared into it. It kind of bobbed to the surface a little bit. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was incredible. Top five thing I've ever done. <laughs> it was so dope. <laughs> I bet. So when, but when his partners got uh, traded, it destroyed me. So that's my, uh, that's my spiel. Okay. Connor, we're uh, coming to the end of the podcast. We had a great one. We got got into some more philosophical stuff on this one, which I really love to do when it comes to sports because sports is just a big metaphor for, I think, everything we do in a large way. Like, a lot of this shit is just so applicable to everything else. It's weird how sports is teaching me, like, within within this this one podcast, I have uh, kind of taken a step away from my own political views because within this hour, I've said, like, Fuck Trump and the richer people too, <laughs> which is something that like I don't really say. I mean, fuck Trump, obviously, yeah. but like the rich thing, like yeah, this is teaching me a lot. We've only this is our third episode, and yeah. I've already like had a major philosophical shift in how I see the world. Um, of sports, yeah, it's okay <laughs> the, to the just live ones. in your regret for years. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it. 
It's, no, no, no. You convinced me, Cody. I'm with you on I didn't time. say that. Nope, nope. I'm, I said I understand I will the never feeling. date again because I will never love like I once did. <laughs> Thanks, Codes. I didn't say that. Fuck you. <laughs> Connor, just for that, I'm giving you some homework. Oh, so we're skipping the part where I teach you what I learned? Oh, you just show me what you learned. Okay. What else did you learn? I learned... Uh, wait, about trade? We have a thing. We have a segment where That's you... That's what I thought you just did. <laughs> Oh, guys, we're working out the kicks. You just literally, <laughs> you literally just said, "I learned." <laughs> I thought, "Oh, that's it, Connor." I just gave you a lot of information about a bunch of stuff. stuff. What did you learn about trading? Uh, I learned that you can trade uh, up to a certain point within the season. Yep. Um, sometimes trades help you out a lot further down the line, and it's not necessarily about um, how can we make sure that we win right now. Not always. Sometimes no. it's like, look. I don't want to end up being a team that's in the middle yep. ranking for year after year after year. Yep. Let's make this trade. It's going to suck for a little bit, but yep. we're going to come out on top because of it. Yep. There's a lot more strategy in trading than that guy's good. I <laughs> want him. Yeah, my guy's okay. Three of my bad guys equal one good guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it, it's a lot more than that. It's not so much a, a balance equation. It's more of just really trying to make sure that your team uh, pays off in the long run. Yeah. Which I never thought trading was about. Yeah. I always thought if a, if a trade did well, then it's just like, oh, wow, like that worked out. No, sometimes people just like, I have a feeling about this guy. Yeah. Connor, I want to make an admission to you. I totally forgot about that segment. <laughs> <laughs> and I just threw you under the bus, and I will always regret it. <laughs> Connor, I do have some homework for you. Buddy. All right, let's do it. I was thinking it. about it on the way over here, because I you know you, you like – you like stories that are like like I like stories, yes. Well, I think you like stories that can make you go like why did this happen? So like that's why I came and gave you the Eli one because you, it was less about a guy wanting to first it was it's very interesting that a player got to decide his fate, but second it's like why did he do it, right? Yeah. This one is a lot more about the human condition and how sports sports fans can be toxic in a big way. Ooh. I want you to research for me the story of Steve Bartman. And the 2003 Chicago Cubs. Steve Bartman. Steve Bartman. 2003 Chicago Cubs. Steve Bartman, just as a preview, because I gave you a preview for the Eli one. Steve Bartman, as a fan, ruined. He didn't even. That's so bad of me to say that. He ruined. You ever catch a ball at at an MLB game? I've gotten close. You ever do it while it was still in play? And ruin your team's chance at a World Series, uh, and okay. be scrutinized for years, death okay. threats. Look out, Steve Barton. You got it, Connor. We did another one, baby. We did it. We did <laughs> this it. This is one of my favorites. I think we got really deep into this one. I was we really did. happy about this. I, well, that's one of the things I'm most looking forward uh, about doing the show is that, look, we're going to have to go through a lot of the technical aspects. We're going to have to get into the rules. I'm super, super excited for when we start talking about statistics of players. Yeah, well, Connor, I actually got so for you. Our next two episodes that we're going to do... Because I want to get you to an Astros game, and I want you to get to. Yeah. I, don't, I want you to understand what's going on. So our next two episodes, we're going to start off with MLB rules, okay, and then we're going to go on to MLB stats. I'm so excited for this next one because we. This is going to be our first rules. Yes, our first rules. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get you into how to watch the game and understand it. Which I I've grew up watching baseball. I've been to the World Series with the Astros. Well, I when Biggio when Craig Biggio got a three thousandth hit. My stepdad got the poster framed 
took our family portrait off the wall <laughs> and put that up in its place. Duff. And I'm pretty sure he just chucked that portrait out the window. Like baseball, the Astros were a big part of my life, but there was so much I didn't quite understand. Yeah. And whenever I would ask, it was met with so much impatience. Yes. And so I'm excited for you, my friend, <laughs> my patient friend, yeah. to teach me why do we call errors K's. Why do we call them errors? <laughs> errors are what not are, K's. What are fouls? <laughs> Strikeouts Is that a foul? Errors are not K's. Those are strikeouts. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but we'll talk about it. We will talk about on it. On the next episode. We will. And I'm very, very excited to do it with you. Uh, do you have any parting words? Should we start plugging stuff at the end of these? Well, maybe. Because we've got other stuff going Yeah. On. I have a podcast with our friend Ned Gale called uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Binge, which you can find um, on iTunes or Stitcher, or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at, at HISTBpod. Uh, I'm also um, we're looking to do some live shows soon uh, with that and with uh, our uh, improv duo Outside Skin. Um, and uh, if this comes out, uh, no, it won't. Okay. That's it. <laughs> I hope you read our July 5th show. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I have a show with our friend, Ned Gale, yeah. called Effin Rager. Yeah. Uh, it's a radio show that we have on KPFT that is released the next day as a podcast. You can find it on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere you can find podcasts except for Spotify. We're not there yet. Uh, we're coming for you, baby. Yeah. Look out, you Swedes. Um, other than that, um, I've got a show called You Now Have the Floor that's very Houston-centric. Ah. We shouldn't plug Houston-centric stuff, maybe. Um, I want to go national with this show. Yeah, you can follow me at CD-E on Instagram or Twitter. That's international. Yeah, I'm <laughs> at Cryptocurrency. Uh, get at me, ESPN. And, Connor, one thing we didn't do this episode that I want to do as our way out, I'd like to do a little scene with you, where uh, I, uh, I'm going to be the coach informing you that I've traded you okay. with the manager. Okay, You're a baseball player. All right. You're a shortstop for the Cincinnati Reds. Ding. Uh, Connor, would you come over here for a second? <laughs> you got it. Connor, uh, this is uh, this is an, an easy thing to do. Uh, we've traded you to the Philadelphia Phillies. You're a Philly son, like my hero Brad Lidge. <laughs> yeah, just like him. <laughs> no, this is the worst. Can you at least tell me what you got in return? I sure can. I'm glad you asked. We traded for the rights to the Philly Fanatic. <laughs> We're going to paint him from green to red. <laughs> and he's the red fanatic. <laughs> We're so excited. You rat bastard. Be red bastard. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>